everybody. Welcome to Mixed Reviews Podcast. It is your hosts, Sasha and myself, Paige, but you can call me whatever you want. Today, we are talking about something that Sasha has to introduce. <gasps> Today's the day, everybody. Today, today, listen, as an establisher, we are claiming November 9th as National Orgasm Day. Yes. Okay? It is National Orgasm Day. We are demanding this holiday. I am writing a letter to Congress. Sasha. And if you don't believe it, we're going to gaslight all of you into thinking that this is a real fucking holiday from this day <laughs> forward. So get ready, bitches. <laughs> get your vibrators ready. Celebrate with us. All right, <laughs> Sasha, what are we talking about today? Climax 2018, the greatest French film of all time, maybe, who knows, but I do. I'm not going to argue with you on that, because I know you'll kick my ass if I say anything otherwise. No, 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 it's fine. No, that was probably... Oh, God. This movie makes me want to climax. It's so aptly named. I, f- I feel like you're there. You're sweating. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. okay. Listen, not think okay. of dead puppies. You know what's so funny? I, I've been, like, thinking... It's been almost four weeks since the last time I watched Climax. I, oh my God. <laughs> I'm late for my monthly rewatch of Climax, and then we're doing a podcast episode of it. Guys, I've been preparing my entire life. I came out of my mother's womb to tell you Climaxing? about Climax. I wish, dude, I wish. If I came out of my mother's womb climaxing, maybe I wouldn't be so fucking angry. <laughs> I, I am very excited to hear you talk about this film because I know how much you love this film. What What is the film about? So, Climax is loosely based on a French folktale that took place in the 1990s about a bunch of people who got uh, unbeknownstly... I did not use that, but whatever. Uh, who got <laughs> who got drugged against their knowledge and consent in a, a warehouse, but who knows if that actually was true. Climax is like the... the over-dramatized film version of it where a bunch of these French dancers, well, French-German, I believe, dancers come to perform their final dance with, like, these two very high-profile dance spectators and dance uh, enthusiasts at this abandoned boarding house, and they get all drugged with LSD in the sangria, and the entire movie is just about uh yeah that happening that's about the entire movie is just people getting drugged on fucking acid and losing their shit and it it is shockingly more entertaining and more there's more crammed into it than just that premise but also not at right? the same time it's it's very it's it's full disclaimer this is a Gaspar Noé film yes and Gaspar if you, if if you're coming off the Enter the Void episode, uh, you're probably already pretty in tuned with what what is going to be in this movie. Probably a yes. lot less sister fucking. Oh, actually. Mm, watch your mouth. I'm sorry. Watch I, your I, mouth there. I already blocked it off um, from my brain. I'm going to shut it my window It was slightly less quick. sister fucking, but there slightly is sister Slightly less, fucking. but still way more. It's way more on the nose. I'm going to shut my window. Give me just a second here. Yes. Un momento. I have already given I've already given Paige the disclaimer, so I'll also give it to the listeners. Uh, like I said, I was born for this episode of the podcast, so I will probably go on many many tangents of just talking about this fucking movie because it's a fucking movie. It's gonna be wonderful and very informative because if there's anything you know, it's like cinematography. And good God, is this is there- movie 
packed full of it. You're also much more familiar with like themes and like motifs in terms of the language of cinema. So it'll be very interesting to hear everything you have to say. Would Where we like to go into themes then first? Sure. Let's talk about themes because so, the well, only theme I took away is don't do drugs, kids. That's basically it. Well, yes, but there is also a pretty interesting um, opening scene. So one of my favorite things about Climax is how, first off, how many opening credits there are. There are four sets of credits because its credits are told in reverse, Ooh, which I, I actually just learned today. I learned today. On, I've learned something every single, let's put a counter, everything that I have learned that makes me love Climax more. Learned one more thing today that the credits are all in reverse. Let me get my so, notes up. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Keep we'll a, a keep tally. a score of all the reasons I love climax because I I promise you, man, it'll make your head spin. Uh, so like all well, not like all, but like a lot of Gaspar Noé's movies, climax starts at the end. Basically, the first shot you see of the movie is this beautiful overhead shot in the snow of one of the characters like bleeding, running through the snow, and just like screaming through i don't know if, if you picked up on the the funness of the uh the score here but it's a um a lot of like, since yes it's is it how do you pronounce that song troy jep jepides troy jepides i don't know i literally googled how to how to pronounce it and i couldn't i know it's troy because it's three Ooh, but the, the dun 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 uh, Oh, it's like a very oh. famous piano piece, because I, I know, because I've heard the actual piano piece in a lot of other places. But yeah, uh, this movie does it at a slightly different pace, which I thought was cool, and it's all done with synthesizers instead of classic piano. So I think can it's you very spell it for me? I need to T R O I S space G Y M P. It should be the, like the first thing that comes up after you do that. Oh, yeah. Yep. So try it's it's essentially just uh like ar- arpeggios. Yeah, I just don't know how to pronounce the name of the song, so I feel like a fucking fake fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh so that's the opening song and it's redone. Another cool thing, Gaspar Noé, uh who who is it? Balto, one of them. Um the composer that he works with mostly with a lot of his movies is one of the members of Daft Punk. So that, yeah, I saw Daft Punk pop yeah. up in the in the credits. Yep. So that's why a lot of it's very synthy in this movie too, and it's a lot of remixes. Mm-hmm. So we start with this great overhead shot of this woman going in the snow, and I love this shot so much because it's like overheads usually show you so much, but this overhead shows you literally only the white, and without you even knowing what's going on with the movie, you kind of already know that she's secluded and hopeless. Like, yeah. before you even go in. So then um, then it cuts into, uh, it does this cool pan over the, the tree. It goes into the credits, which are the end credits, technically, at the beginning of the movie. And then you go into these really interesting, well, <laughs> not interesting. Interestingly, like, creatively interesting interviews with all of the characters <laughs> you're about to see. Do they mean anything? Because this is my second time watching this, and I'm re-watching these interviews, and I'm like, I really don't think this means anything. I think it's just filler and to set you up for, like, a false sense of security. I think it is. Yeah. No, I, I agree, because the one thing... So there's... there's I love the formatting of 
the initial interviews. And I also, if you look on the sides, this is the part of it that I really love. If you look at the movies on the sides. The movies, yes. The movies on the sides are so influential to this movie. And if you watch, I, I like have like a personal goal to see all of those. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like Suspiria, Solo. Possession. Possession is bun- one you and I both need possession, to watch. Possession, yeah. Possession. Red Letter Media talks that about was just. I'm so pissed. That Possession was just playing at the theaters here. And I oh. was thinking about going to see it. I didn't realize that it was the same one because there's so many fucking movies called Possession. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's the original Suspirias on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of Fritz Lang. Taxi Driver, which is both on which is on our, our podcast list. Yep. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff. And that, that's what I get out of it. And uh, no, because when you're asking, do you feel like it, it, it gives into the movie? That's what kind of pisses me off about it. Because no. Because they even ask you, they're like, what's your biggest fear? And they're and none of those fears come back into play in the payoff with the, maybe the darkness one. There's one woman that talks about how she's afraid of the dark, but like then we don't see the her react to the thing fucking is dark. Low lit red light. You're not afraid <laughs> of that fucking dark. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the movie is is there where they're like, "If you couldn't dance, what would you do?" And she just goes, "Suicide." Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, facts. Does she die? Is she one of the people that dies? I will. I don't think that many people die. I want to say it's only, spoiler, Omar. Tito. Imp- Tito's dead as fuck. Oh, Tito's fried. <laughs> you, missed, you missed the joke. That's the best joke of the movie. Tito's fried. I'm going to get that fucking tattooed on my lower back, bro. Tito's fried. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, there's this whole interview. So uh, these dancers are interviewing with Selva, who is played by the absolute fucking gorgeous wonderful talented Sophia Butella and then Big Daddy who is big black guy that's why you get out of me for that one <laughs> he's a uh, big dude he's like seven feet tall is he actually he's huge I saw him next to the door frame and he towers over the door frame he's a big motherfucker damn I mean it is a boarding school though maybe it's built for children who knows but he does he seems big he seems big um so yeah, then then they're interviewing. That's the initial the initial like interview sequence is them like going into it and talking to them about their their dancing inspirations and some of them kind of come up with nice. I saw that. I saw you just try to hit it from the back. You sick fuck. Paige just tried to hit her vape from the back in case anybody's wondering <laughs> what I'm calling I, you up for. I have one of those new like little pocket breeze things and I'm not used to it, so occasionally I'll hold it backwards and then be like, "Nope." It happens to the best of us. I just, I just, I'm required to call everybody out when I see it happen. That's rude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me be stupid by myself. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> never, never. That's why we're on the podcast to be stupid together. Don't you ever so be stupid whole- without me. <laughs> the fuck? What do you think this is? God, I would hate to live with you. I would never be able to, like, load the dishwasher, put the detergent on, and not press start ever again in my life. I mean, no? we would have to talk about it first and set a schedule, <laughs> but I would I would be okay with it if we had a conversation about it. <laughs> what, what were you saying about Climax with the themes? No, I'm just going through, um, so yeah, no, I, I was going through when we were talking about theme, a lot of the influences for the movie are given to you before the movie starts. Which yes. is kind of a Gaspar token. You know, you're talking about that in Enter the Void. They give you the entire movie. And if you plot. know any of those movies on the sides, uh, you kind of know exactly what you're getting into with Climax. Yes. 
with um, one thing I do want to mention is they show Suspiria, and yes, Suspiria is very like you know, it's like don't trust your surroundings, don't trust everything like that. But it when I first watched this movie and I saw Suspiria on the side, and you had told me the premise like people trip out on. LSD, Wait, are you talking I, about the original Suspiria or twenty seventeen Suspiria? The original Suspiria, oh. and I the twenty seventeen one is way less psychedelic, but it still has that don't trust your surroundings kind of deal. Um, but I'm a when fake I saw, fan. I've actually only seen the twenty seventeen one. I saw the original a long time ago, but the original one is, like, very psychedelic. It kind of, like, puts you on a trip with the character. Yeah. It's known um, a lot for its, like, lighting and, like, vivid colors and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, it... I when actually you first own told, it. You own it? You haven't seen it? <laughs> That's why I own it, because I was borrowing it from somebody, and he was like, well, I don't feel like you're going to watch it unless you don't just keep it. <laughs> so it's like, I... I I am, and you're like, joke's on you. I'm going to keep it and never and watch never it. never watch it. And I'm going to leave it in Michigan and move across the country. Is it still at your mom's house? I meant to bring it. Honestly, I did mean to bring it back. But yeah, it is. I'm calling still... Amy. I'm no. going to call Amy. Do it. Tell um, her to ship it to me. Sorry. I imagine I imagine one of your like goals after loving this movie so much is to build that like CRTV with the movies wrapped around it. So you can just have it as like an altar. And it just that TV only plays climax at all times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100%. But it's going to be, like, all of my movies that are, like, that I find psychedelic and, like, in- influential. It's going to be, like, Climax, like, Enter the Void, Midsommar, like, Annihilation, <laughs> but just the third act. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I saw Suspira on the side, I-, I expected this to be a lot more trippy than it is. And it is trippy with, like, the cinematography and the way it does, but it's less, like, th- what the characters see in terms of tripping. It's a lot more witnessing them trip the fuck out. <laughs> yes. Um, I, and I, I was, because it's funny, because I just, I thought this would be a fun experiment. I watched this with Tyler right before, oh. but we both watched it without subtitles. Oh. And I just kind of mimed him through what was going on. Yeah. To see if, like, he would get it, to see if he, like, kind of connected with it. Also, to kind of just, I was like, I'm also going to test out my, my podcast quotes and, and see if I, you know, sound cool when I say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't actually do any of that. I'm really sorry. So I'll probably still sound lame. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but no. Um, and that was one of the things I was telling him that a big, a big part of this movie. And I think that it's cool because it, it doesn't have to be a part of this movie, but where enter the void puts you into the seat of somebody who is tripping. This mm-hmm. movie basically does the opposite. It shows you the third party version of somebody who is tripping but you don't see what they're seeing and I think as somebody who's been around people who have been tripping on drugs who has tripped on drugs like yeah the the performances of these and like the the demonstration and the way it's cataloged is so intensely like accurate I think and okay. it works so well with like the movements and the editing of this movie like mm-hmm. that to me is, is what's crazy um, because I always say that, like, Midsommar and, like, Annihilation, oh, what were we just talking? Oh, I guess, uh, never mind, yeah. We'll just go with Midsommar and Annihilation. Like, visually, to me, are the most accurate depictions I've seen in film of people tripping, like, of, like, the kind of, like, the kind of, like, the hallucinations that you see. Yeah. Warps, yeah. Yeah, the warps and stuff. But where Climax hits me in the same way, but it's, like, this is probably what we look like like when we're yeah. doing this shit. And this is what I've seen other people look like when they're doing this, especially on this intense level of LSD. Yeah. I, 
I Sa- Sasha's much more. I've I've never done. I'm I'm not. I've mentioned this before. I'm not a druggie. I've never. Done, but I babysat a lot of people. Um, because I like my friends to be safe. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. If you're gonna, you like them to not this, have this experience. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've never experienced somebody have a bad trip. So I've never seen anybody lose their mind. It's all just like staring at the wall and yeah. asking me if the trees are moving. That's basically what I've experienced. Um, but I can imagine like LSD is a, I don't need to do it to know it's a very intense experience. I, I can, you can see it in the eyes of people who have done it. So I imagine if it does turn sour, it is full body flailing, crazy, nutso. Yeah. And so like, even though I can't say this is accurate, I know for a fact this is accurate, even if I've never seen it. And I feel like, and let's put that on the list. That's, again, the fact that you as somebody who hasn't tripped can say that about this movie, that's another reason why I love it. Like, it, it strikes one more box of accomplishing the goal that it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of your drug experience, it's still able to throw you in that seat and, like, send you forward and, like, make you feel these feelings and make you experience and make you watch people experience things. Yeah, Which, one one of the experiences that I had watching this, especially when that second act kicks in, um, is I I felt like a helpless babysitter. I felt like I was back there in like, and these were my friends, and I was like, I literally can't do anything for them. Yeah, like there's no way I can make them safe. I don't know how much they've had. I don't know what's going on. They could literally OD right now, and they don't um, know. Like, yeah, there's so many people that I can't even like corral them all. And, like, even if I do something, they could do things to each other. And there's not enough rooms to lock them up. And even the rooms that you do lock them up, they will, they will fry Don't themselves on Don't touch that. Board. It'll kill you. A direct <laughs> quote. It touches it anyway. Touch- to be fair, I mean, it's a child. Tito's fried. Tito's um, fried. No, yeah. I guess I guess we'll go into... We'll, we'll, I'll just break it down from the, the beginning. Because I know um, I bring up Gaspar's lull in Enter the Void. And I, I also bring up why I like Climax, because Climax front loads its garbage. Like, it's not garbage, yeah. but it front loads its exposition. It front yeah. loads all, like, like when you hear the name of a movie called Climax, it does fully deliver, because once you get past that first act, it is just climaxes. Like, it's just all of these incidences colliding with this, like, catalytic event over and over and over and over and over again until you hit the last five minutes and it's like okay you're done it has that aronofsky momentum yeah but it keep but i think it's cool because i guess i guess maybe it doesn't because now upon this rewatch most of the time i'm like i know another reason put this down another reason why i love climax uh i i always enjoy the duration uh i've definitely noticed the beginning the beginning drags more and more the more i've seen this movie because obviously Mm -hmm. like None of that dialogue matters. Yeah. And it's it does... One of the things, I guess... Wow, take a point away. One of the things I will say that I don't like about Climax, I don't think the editing is good. I don't think the pacing is perfect. And I think that it could be with how great everything else in this movie is. Um, but, like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of moments in that beginning that drag and drag and drag. And when you're first watching it and you don't really know what you're getting into, you kind of discredit it and you just go, okay, this is just part of the, I'm watching a French film, like, kind yeah. of experience. You know what I mean? But like, when I know exactly you, what you mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. But then when you is go back. Is there a term for that? Like, foreign fascination? Can we call it that? Uncultured. <laughs> uncultured. Being uncultured. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Foreign. Fa- I like foreign fascination. That's an alliteration. Foreign fascination. But it, um, the, the. I had a point and then I had a stroke. 
I'm old. I'm alone. Um, oh. shit. Uh, but, oh, here, here we go. The the thing is with with that first act because it is the exact halfway mark. It, that whole first part goes up all the way to the halfway part. But here's the thing. It like you said, the duration. It is short, and you and I both like tight, short movies. This movie, no, another reason, put this on the list, Climax Hits is one of the movies that reaffirmed our perfect duration. This is 145, I think, or 143. I thought it was 130, like, exactly, when I pulled it up. No, I think it, it maybe 139. I know it does go past 90 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's before, it's before the, the drag that starts to happen, the hour 40 mark. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you've watched a movie. Like, it, whenever I watch a movie that's over an hour 40, once it hits an hour 40, I am suddenly so exhausted. Well, it's because I feel like most movies don't know what the fuck they're doing there. Like, and you know they what just I mean? meander. Yeah, yeah. They, they just kind of want to fill the space. Where this, in the in the beginning, it feels like they're filling that space, but they, they have to. They're filling the space for a purpose to hit that, you know. Yeah, like, it's all based on the pacing. Yeah. And it, it does it does lull you into a false sense of security. It kind of rocks you in tight and tucks you in, and then you're off on a roller coaster. As soon and it it makes sure that you're in that mindset of like everything is fine. Yeah, yeah. No, um, one second. Oh fuck! I mean, it's super faded. There's a climax poster right here in my room. In case anybody's wondering, how much it is. It just kind of looks like a martini. I know, I know, I have, I have the backup. This one faded super, super bad, so I bought this exact same Climax poster again, and I haven't opened it until I get the UV protective framing for it so I can keep it pristine forever. Because you put that baby right in the sun. Yeah, I mean, I live in California everywhere. I You're right, it's sun. nothing but the sun. Yeah, it's only, especially because I have white walls, dude. Oh, shit. Shit reflects like a fucking albino on Halloween, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, is that I racist? I Enter the Void poster literally on the wall of the window, so that way nothing yeah bounces back. That's the way you got to do it. Uh, no, no. So that's um, speaking of Enter the Void, that is the one thing. So we talked a bit about our our mutual obsession with Enter the Void. Yeah, uh, because we both had very very similar um, experiences with it. Enter the mm-hmm. Void obviously is what got me into Gaspar Noé and what made me excited for Climax. Even yeah. though, honestly, when I first heard of it, because when I first heard of it, I heard that you were seeing the tripping from the outsider's point of view. You weren't seeing it. It wasn't going to be like a, a visual mind fuck like End of the Void was. Right. So I knew that going into it. And at first I was like, I don't even know if I'll like this. Cause I really? Think, yeah, yeah. I did, honestly did not think that I was going to like this movie going into it because I was like, what I liked about Enter the Void is how crazy and trippy and weird it is. And I was it, not expecting to get that out of this movie. See, that would sell me more. If someone was like, you see someone losing their mind, I'm like, done, deal. Yeah. I want to see people like go absolutely crazy. Yeah, That's my yeah, favorite no. thing. And, and yeah, in retrospect, like yeah, it's definitely and it's definitely changed my perspective, like perspective of like going into movies and stuff nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that I did like about Enter the Void, I don't know if we like went into this in saying that it's like kind of half a character piece, like kind of a character study, but not really. Yeah. So I think I think the story of Enter the Void is what like ruins the movie especially upon rewatch 
Yeah, um, we did talk about how the characters are not redeemable yeah, at all. Yeah, well, they're not redeemable. The story's not 100% like super interesting. You're also not really learning anything upon yeah. rewatching this. Like everything is already given to you, and that's cool and that's fine. What I liked about Climax is that it almost seems like Gaspar learned from Enter the Void and it relinquishes all of those ties to characters and just lets you do the experience. Where Enter the Void, I feel like it's trying to ride both and it does a really good job for for what it's doing and when it was made, but at some point it splits and it just stops working. Like the visuals are not as interesting on the second watch. The characters are not redeemable. The story's not super interesting. And especially because it's told non-chronologically, you know everything that's gonna happen in the first 20 minutes. So it's like at that point, where do you go for the next two and a half hours? Yeah, This is much tighter. Yeah, and and it's fully experiential, which is, and that comes down to whether or not you enjoy that. Like I know a lot of people, I mean, not a lot of people, but I've had a few people be like, so what's really the story of Climax? And it's like, that's not, that's not really, it's an experiential film, you know what I mean? You have to relinquish that tie to being, to watching movies like that. It's, it's not so frust- telling you a story, it's letting you experience a story. It's so frustrating when you have to, I, I mean, I don't want to say frustrating, like, oh, these people are dumb. Like, yeah, some people are not going to get it's, it. It's hard to articulate, fine. though. It's a hard, yeah. it's something you have to experience. And I even, like, I, I kind of went into it when I was talking about Enter the Void. Like, there's that dichotomy between watching yeah. visual movies and experiencing visual movies. Like, there's a difference, and there's a difference in how you go about them and how you go into them and how yeah. you interpret them. If you want to get, like, your full experience out of it. One thing I will say, if you want, if you want to try an experience film, I still would recommend Enter the Void because it oh, does 100%. a good, it does a good job of like you know from the credits that this yeah. is a sensory overload movie. Yeah, um, and it puts you directly there. This one does not. Like, like I said before, you know, this does put you in a false sense of security. Climax with the beginning is way more seasoned. Like you have to. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Not, to, not to sound pretentious as fuck, even though I'm sure I already do. But it's like you, you kind <laughs> of sometimes. already have to get your feet wet with this type of movie before yeah. you jump into a climax. Because otherwise, yeah. it'll just be incredibly jarring. I cannot yeah. tell you how many people, or how many reviews I've I've read on this movie where people are like, "What the fuck did I just watch? I can't stomach this. I don't but understand." I- I love jarring films. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. I mentioned it in my snap that it, it has like that Requiem for a Dream effect, which we talked to death about. But like, you it's know, best, you though. experience this, I'm sure the first time when you watch Requiem, like it's very much what the hell did I just see? But yes, because we watched it so much, it's become a comedy to us. It's yeah. now like gone. No, I wish but- I could. I wish I could say it in, in French, because one of my favorite like film lines of all time is in this movie where somebody's like, somebody spiked us with lsd what's lsd acid what's the remedy for acid i don't know coke <laughs> and then it's just following the girl around looking for coke for the, like the next 15 minutes it, it's very it's very much just like you are not here to witness any sort of like intricate plot it's just like watch everybody lose their mind it's literally like you 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 sh- accidentally showed up to this party and now yeah. you're a part of it I, I also think, like, that's what I think is cool with this, because um, I don't really think, I don't know if it's something that's, like, really important to people or if it's something that you notice, but if you notice, like, first off, this is a lot of one takes. It's a lot of fluid camera work, mm-hmm. um, which is, Which like, Gaspar Noé is so good so at. So good at. 
And I think that this is like a, a set of his mastery of it. Like, I think this was kind yeah. of a show off of like how good he's gotten at it. Um, but if less you notice, crane shots, I missed the crane shots. I'm pretty sure almost all of this is on a crane. That's what's that's what's cool about this movie though, is because it's all in one location. So he has yeah. control over all of it. Yeah, they have like bars they running across when they go through like the different rooms and stuff. Oh. This this I mean this is dipping into my other page, which we will get into later, called technical jerk offs. But yes. it is it is the power of having one location and being able to film in it because then you can go absolutely fucking nuts. Especially or enter because the void. That, juxta- that juxtaposition is already there too. Yeah, and Enter the Void is all over like grungy Tokyo, so it's like very hard to keep yeah, everything fluid yeah. and nice. But no, it still works in Enter the Void. But like I said, Enter the Void is much more of like a a psychedelic epic or like a psychological epic. Climax is very contained. That's why I feel like Climax Gaspar learned from Enter the Void. Enter the Void yeah. is a big movie for yeah. what it is. Like I know in comparison to like the Marvel or like the Zack Snyder movies, it's not a big fucking movie, but like for what that is, that's the, a the pretty technicality you have with something like yeah, this. Yeah, especially for the times. For the time, like, the premise, the technicality, the budget, the location, that's a pretty big movie. Climax there's no very fixing contained. it in post with these movies. Yeah. With a lot of Marvel, it's like, we'll fix it in post, we'll fix it. It's yeah. like, no, you have to have it right here while it's being filmed. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of this movie's improv, too. This is done on a five-page yeah. script. Um, yeah. And if you know anything, I mean, you know about screenplay writing, but if you are listening and you don't know anything about screenplay writing... I want to say typically you kind of want to like average one page per minute. It's definitely yeah. different per screenplay. So yeah, typically if you're going to do a 90 minute feature, which is like the baseline of a feature, you want to hit like a fucking 70 to 90 page screenplay. This was yeah. done on five. Well, and it was insane. probably just all outline like sequences of events. Well, and that's then- why... That was partly why it was interesting to watch it with Tyler, somebody with no context of this movie, to be like, can you follow... Yeah, what's going on just by the order of events and like the yeah. the character like you know uh, performance like their body language they're like and and was he you 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 haven't said if he was able oh yeah to pick yeah it up or no not. um there were a few times where I was like oh I'm so sorry like I didn't s- explain this to you I'm sure it, and I mean it might not make sense because they're speaking French he's like no this totally makes sense yeah like um. Like, obviously, every time the guys are, like, saying something sexual about the chicks, like, it's super obvious in their body language. Uh, he even guessed that, like, uh, without me saying, like, uh, in the beginning um, interviews, like, Emmanuel, how she's not a dancer, but she's, like, kind of, like, their overseer. Yeah. Like, he, he That's guessed... the chick with the glasses, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one, the mother of Tito? Yes. Tito's mama. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> I um, this 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 whole movie it it, it we're, we're enter the void does have a very epic feel. This it's like you said he did learn from it where it's like yeah doing doing this big epic piece of a psychedelic trip is fun and cool but it's it's physically exhausting and demanding. So what he did different with this is he took it down to a documentary feel. Even when you leave the interview state of the first half, it's still close right in on those characters and not even like a tricky way. It literally feels like we're just a, a camera crew just happened to be there and was like let's film. And it gives it such a grounded real feel and like yeah. more guttural. I feel like, uh, which is, it's interesting that you say, like, a documentary feel, because I feel like in comparison to this, 
Enter the Void almost feels more documentary because the camera is so stationed in one spot. Where here it's so much more fluid. It feels like the camera is almost like you. Like, I honestly, like, when I watch this movie, I feel like I'm at the party. Like, every shot's at eye level. It's all based on, like, this, like, core center of rotation, like, a human body would be at. So maybe not, like, a documentary, but, like, a reality show kind of deal. Yeah, no, like, I totally, no, I totally feel, I, I get what you're saying. Sorry. But, like, once yeah. you said documentary, that just spiked, sparked something. But It took it, it took a little off, yeah. Yeah. But it does, it, it gives it, like, a reality, like, when I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I kind of feel like I'm there. Like, I'm not a Kardashian, but it's like, hey, I yeah, live in Yeah, you house look close too. enough. Shut up. And, but with this, I was also like, hey, I'm kind of here. I'm not tripping balls, but good God, do I want to take care of these people yeah. uh, who are now losing their damn minds. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, one of the things that I learned when I watched this movie. Like, when I was just focusing on the camera movement and, like, the camera, you know, the framing and stuff, it was very much, it very much felt like I, I was a nice god you are just doing all sorts of hot shit on the camera today aren't you <laughs> she just spilled her Lacroix on the front of her that was hot i wasn't even close to my mouth no just, you you didn't even try I did... <laughs> we're gonna get there anyway what were you saying before i just forgot how to drink <laughs> happens to the best of us though um yeah. no no i was just saying yeah i like i like how the camera the camera makes you feel like you you are a member of the party and it yeah. kind of adds to that hopelessness in a way that you don't really realize. Yeah. Um, so so many floods of emotions happened, even though, like, I'm... It, it sounds like... And they're all color-coded. They're all color-coded? Did you notice? Oh, the, the coloring with the, the, lights, the intensity the and everything. Color yeah, changes, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, probably, I probably subconsciously noticed. Um, so I'll have to go back and do a rewatch and, like, do an outline of everything. But... Um, I had, like, such a flood of emotions of, like, different, like, paranoias and, like, fears that I had, even though none of this is real. But I was, like, one of the ones was, like, uh, how do I keep these people safe, like I talked about? Um, who's gonna OD? But the other one I had was, like, what happens if they're all caught? Like, what is the trouble that's gonna happen to all these poor people? And, I like, mean, they were all drugged against their will. I don't think anything will happen, like, legally-wise. I'm still concerned. <laughs> Whenever drugs are involved, I'm like, ah, everybody's in trouble. I mean, yeah. The thing is, the thing is, like, they're on such, they're obviously on such an extreme amount. Like, if they're yeah. all non-consenting and being like, yo, we straight up did not want this. Like, this was not the, that type of party, bro. <laughs> I feel like yeah. the cops would probably be like, eh. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, it gave me a sense of paranoia. Yeah. Like, I mean, my sense of paranoia was always like, what are their fucking brains going to be like after this? Like, oh yeah acid's rough bro and when you have a bad trip for that long like that much i don't know i'm imagining like if somebody's if somebody's doing liquid acid in their eyes spoiler alert it ends up being psych who says that i guess that's literally the only the only redeeming piece i guess about the the opening introductions is it shows you the body language i guess of all the dancers but no offense they dance for fucking 10 minutes straight you, you know their body language like yeah. uh we, we get it but and there's voguing <laughs> yeah so but there's a voguing. there's a moment where, where psych goes it's one of the only english lines and she says that she got out of berlin because there were too many drugs and her roommate was dropping like liquid acid in his eyes and then at the end of the movie uh like the last shot is her dropping acid in her eyes with like an lsd Which shirt I, on I, is that a thing people do do they put acid in their eyeballs probably in freaking germany man euros what go is crazy with their drugs dude 
the hell? They do it all. Do, do you not want to see later? What is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know if that really affects... The thing is, I don't know. LSD is such a weird... When it comes to, like, chemically breaking it down, it's so weird the way it, it goes into your body. Yeah. Um, which is partly why it's clear and, like, unsent, like untraceable in, like, any way. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that would even... I feel like, obviously, extended drops of a chemical into your eye would probably fuck you up, but... I think it would just make your trips crazy as shit. Like, I just think that at the beginning, initially, I mean, long-term damage is probably terrible and irreversible, but... Now, now I have a question. When you ingest LSD through, like, a sangria, because that's the, the sangria was spiked... Um, how long does that take to kick in? Because I kept I kept trying to gauge. Is it like the usual gestation for period of like yeah, 30 well, minutes? Yeah, because when you when you take acid, it's just like on a tab of paper and you just put it in your mouth. So you're digesting it, you're swallowing it about the same. The thing is, they swallowed a lot. To, I want to say it, it's different, obviously per person, but it's anywhere between like thirty minutes to an hour. Okay, that's why I, See, I, I do like that whole um, that dance the like the overhead shot of the dance sequence. That's kind of like their come up, where they're all yeah. like super energetic and like excited because like that's what a come up feels like. It like it, it's this weird because it's there's like definitely a term called come up anxiety that happens when you do a lot of psychedelics. You'll get yeah. like this crazy crazy like unnatural anxiety Rush. about whatever you're doing, and it's just caused. It's just part of the drug, um, and that happens with acid. But you get like this. It's like this like anxiety kind of, but it's mostly like an excitement. You just, a lot of times your brain doesn't know how to process that excitement. So it does it as anxiety, but like, it's yeah. like this excitement, that like something's going to happen. Like when you're about to go to like, like a, an a concert, or yeah, something. a concert or something like that, that feeling like you just get that out of nowhere and it just happens and you just have this like crazy energy to do it. So like, I like that, that whole over top of the, the shooting where it's like, it, it does the nice cut into everybody coming up and then it slowly over time kind of dies down and you and see then, and then you get the second credit and then you yeah and then you get the second set of credits I'm gonna input the credits in this entire episode <laughs> and it it that's so the so just to recap the first half of the movie, is like it's pretty chill. We have probably about half of the first half is like the intro uh, interviews, and then the second half, which is about twenty. I think you have it timed. Is it twenty minutes? Twenty five minutes? Yes. Yes. How much for the of second just half? dancing? Well, yeah. the second set of credits happens at forty five minutes. Yeah, so it has to be somewhere within the 20, 20 minute range yeah. of just dancing with like some talking. Um, of which you, for whatever reason, get like quote unquote character establishments, but it doesn't matter at all yeah. in the second half. None of the, like, none of the dialogue, and that's why it was interesting to talk somebody through it, because yeah. the dialogue does not like what they're saying to each other does not matter at all, unless you really want to get hung up on the booty hole conversation. Which I do. I really. I knew really you were going to bring that up. Because I, I was working to it, but thank you for giving me this segue. Why do we have two extremely... Listen, I don't care if you are into fucking ass. That is fine. Awesome. No big deal. Don't talk about how you're going to make a woman take it in the ass in the corner of a party like some fucking twat. What the actual hell is wrong with you? Do French people do this? Do French people talk about other people's buttholes like they want to rape them? I mean, remember... remember. I uh, hope all my neighbors Titan? can hear me. There's that whole scene on uh -huh. the bus. I blame the French. Yeah, the French are fucked. 
the hell? No, well, the, the, uh, no, not to, well, that's why, that's why, uh, Solo is such an interesting choice to have on that list, because it's Solo or the tw 120 Days of Sodom, which is just about kids in fascist Italy getting raped in the butt for, like, 120 days. That's one of the DVDs on the beginning of this movie. Um, and it's all about, like, like fascism and, like, their, their obsession with sodomy. But, like, sodomy is a big, it's a big theme in Gaspar's movies. But in this, it's just a random talking point that two very disgusting men are having in the corner. I mean, I guess, yeah. Is it random or no... is that common for them, though? I feel like, I don't know. See, that, Is that... there a lot of ass-fucking in France? If you're French, comment below. I think there is. Dude, they do so much Molly. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way they aren't doing the ass-fuckery. That's fine. Do the ass-fuckery, but don't be a creep about it. I mean, that's also one of my... one of I do have a chunk called Issues with Climax. Don't worry, guys. I came here with a full fucking bit it's not just glorification flip, flip your pages for the people listening i want them to hear your notes so now we're on that's to a, uh it's a lot of paper that's not near i could have i could have used way more i i paraphrased <laughs> I a lot gone bigger i yeah, i could have gone way bigger um no uh, this movie is pretty racist <laughs> This movie's pretty fucking racist. Every black person is either an animal or a rapist or incestuous or a mix of them. Daddy's cool. Daddy's just a cool dude. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I guess that's it. But he's not really painted in a cool light. No. Gazelle is He's about just... the only thing. And if you look at her IMDb credits, she's white. Can someone please explain this to me? Because all Wait, we what? needed to know was whether or not Gazelle's freaking actress or actor was transgender. That's all we were wondering. But I guess, yeah, look at her IMDb. She look, she's white. It's a white chick. Hold on, hold on. Uh, climax cast. I don't, I don't know the names of the characters or anything because they're all French. Gazelle! Gazelle Palmer... Is white. Is this a mistake on IMDb? That's what I'm wondering, man. Because I found another Gazelle Palmer and her portrait is of a black woman. Did they whitewash an entire actress? Well, I think that's IMDb's fault. <laughs> that's insane. Wow. I can't believe they fucked that up that much. Yeah, if you look on IMDb for the... Um, cast of Climax, the <laughs> actress that plays Gazelle, uh, is the, a picture of a white woman named Gazelle Palmer, and not the black woman who played Gazelle. Yeah. But she she's definitely here. She she has it on, like, Unifrance, which I'm assuming is French IMDB. <laughs> well, that's racist, Paige. What? what? If anything, it's xenophobic. But that is crazy. You you think she's a transgender woman? She, I mean, did she seem, I don't know. She seemed like she was kind of a man at some point. Which is fine. I... Which is totally fine. Let me just, <laughs> let me just say that. It was totally fine and she's beautiful actually. But yeah, she just gave me, she just seemed like, yeah. 
Okay, since you did this to me last week, let me say, since Sasha doesn't want to be transphobic, uh, apparently... (laughs) um, Doesn't want to be. Is not. (laughs) You did that literally to me in House of Wax. You're like, anyways, this page doesn't want to be racist. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Are you giving me an easy out? I'm sorry. I thought you were roasting me. You're giving me an easy out. I appreciate it. I'm giving you an easy out. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Uh, Um... (laughs) It's an easy out with a little bit of shade. <laughs> that's fine. That's 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 the price though. That's the, that's price, the price of an easy out. I don't I don't know if she cuz they do mention it's like a plot point. They talk they say something like we know what y- you really are or something. Oh, do they? I just I never I just I never got that as a point. No, I, I just think, I just thought it was weird that we did look that up once just to see and it ended up just being a white chick. <laughs> Is that not a bizarre? <laughs> I, it's it's bizarre, but it's just IMDb doing some fuckery. Yeah. IMDb will like have strokes every now and then. I'm still confused about what the hell is happening with Pinocchio. God forbid <laughs> yeah, you look shit. up Pinocchio on IMDb. Um, I guess okay. So we're at the um, we're about to get into uh, suicide baby mode. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. Let's, I wanna I wanna circle back real quick to the line that I caught that you didn't, where they say we know what you really yeah, are. Could yeah. Could we chalk that up to just maybe improv? Like just improv ran away a little bit. They said that to her. They say that to her. I know for a fact they do. But are you sh- wait at what scene? Because are you sure it's, they're not saying it to the pregnant chick that they're trying to tell her to kill herself? No, 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 no. So it's right when they're still like trying to figure out who spiked the acid. It's just before that, and it literally is like the quickest subtitle. Oh. it's in and out. Yeah, I'll have to look. Um, yeah. But it, it, they say something along the lines of like, "We know what you are. We know what your secret is." Um, but as the movie went on. Um, I wonder if her secret's with Omar, though, because that was supposed yeah, to be I, kind of... As the movie went on, I wondered, I was like, oh, are they trying to foreshadow that? Yeah. You know, they, they, I, I, we'll cover this now. Uh, two siblings have sex. Yeah, I mean, God forbid Gaspar Noe give you closure on his dialogue. <laughs> oh That's God. never going to happen. But, so, yeah, I guess you could chalk it up to that, but I, I wonder if maybe she is a transgender actress. Maybe. And then the improv just ran away. And they were like trying to. I'll be say edgy that if she, that if she is her casting and like the way that that to me seems like a progressive way to use a transgender actress or actor, just just oh, cast them as, a, them as a woman if that's how they identify, and just it yeah, doesn't have to be a is, conversation. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's how it's supposed to be. Especially since um, it's a French movie, like, and especially seeing other Gaspar Noé movies, like transgender people do like come in, and it's usually very apparent that they're transgender. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that's cool. Or we have a whole movie built around it, like Boys Don't Cry or... Um, the Danish Girl. The Danish Girl. Eddie Redmayne. With his bee stung lips. So, you were going to go into Suicide Babies? Is that what you said? No, I'm just saying, like, that's... We're about to hit that, that plot point. Where she brings Selva like, into the... Um, so, there's a moment... Um, this is This is... I guess kind of what's interesting because a lot of the the metaphor of climax is like the the gift of death and rebirth like the process that cycle so that's why you get these title cards that say like death is in you what's the word I think it's like I call them inspirational quote a little bit that's like Gaspar's like live laugh love it's like birth is a unique opportunity yeah (laughs) I am uh, which I seems, think it's like it death is an be... extraordinary experience and birth is a, or birth is an extraordinary opportunity or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. All I could think about was Michael Scott talking about 
um, how there's a flower in a field of garbage and the subtitle is just hope. I'm like, that's what I imagined. This is that's what this is to him. Yeah. But uh, that seems to be a. He's very fascinated with that topic. Which hats off. That's a very interesting topic. But all of it's because he did a lot of drugs. Yeah, drugs will do that to you. They'll make you think about it's a hundred percent because he did a lot of drugs. Yeah. Um, but he shows that in his films, and despite how many times he does it, he always, even though it's still kind of the same beats, it's like a refreshing new beat. It's like he threw a new instrument with the same beat line. Yes. And it's great. So, that's a great point. Put this down. Another reason why I love Climax. So, like I said, uh, I got into Gaspar Noé's movie, uh, Enter the Void, when I was 15. Uh, Enter the Void came out in, like, 20, 2009, I believe. Um, and, and he has... Sasha. Two, baby Sasha. He has two years. He has two movies before that. So he has uh, I Stand Alone, which I think was 1998, and then Irreversible, which is 2002, and then before Climax, he has Love, which is 2015. Um, so I've seen all of them, but like I, I, I was really getting into them, and like I, I think I said like back in one of our earlier episodes, why, like Gaspar Noé is so inspirational to me, but I can't say he's one of my favorite directors because I don't love his movies i don't always love the way he uses his gift i guess because he's Mm -hmm. a very talented individual he's very stylized very unique but i don't i personally don't always like the way he uses it i find like a lot of his movies like i said they have the lull like i find enter the void it loses a lot of its its jesh on its like second or third watch i think love is one of the worst movies ever made um irreversible has (laughs) an irredeemable third act <laughs> like i need to rewatch it reverse all i remember is it's backwards yeah uh it's Do, should i put for one of the hates the lull the beginning you don't have to put a hate i mean it's just a it's a no it's one of those things that's what i'm saying the lull is something you kind of have to it's part of who he is as a director all of his movies are gonna okay. have that his what, use what? of the lull in this movie is what makes me love it okay use of the lull because it lulls you into a sense of security yes um, and this that's one of his, okay. that he said is, like, a, a big theme of this movie, is taking a place, like, that's one of the ways he wants you to feel, is taking a place that seems sacred and turning it primal, turning it yeah. to be the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but... This, yeah, that's a very good point. It does feel like a celebration. It almost feels like some sort of tradition they're having, even though it's just yeah. a bunch of dancers trying he, he to He took a lot of like inspiration from 2001 Space Odyssey. So if you if you watch a lot of like the like the people in the background, like their their like their posture and stuff, it's evolution yes. backwards. So everybody uh, gets uh, more. That's why everybody's on all four. Yeah, this movie has fucking layers, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, that's why everything changes color, everything goes upside down, everybody's all primal, and that's why they, their behavior changes as the movie goes on. Yes. No, um, but what I, what I love about this in, in relation to that, this to me is like the culmination of all the wonderful things I've seen him do in his movies that don't land with me, and it's finally mm-hmm. landing. And I feel like, I don't know how long you watched Aronofsky, like you were a fan of him before Black Swan. Yeah I, yeah, I was a fan. When you nailed Black um, Swan, does that not feel fucking awesome? When you, like, yeah. when somebody that you've been watching and you've been following, that's another reason why I love Titan, because it's like, yeah. we, we watched that director, we, like, picked apart and critiqued it, and then we got to see, you know, the progression of that. And, like, Climax it's is a- even newer than Raw. This was, this isn't even three years old. Like, this it is sounds new shit. arrogant, but it's almost like watching your child grow and evolve. And it's it's so inspiring to me, and it's so cool. And this is his, 
which is so funny. This is this is another reason why I don't really agree with Gaspar because he's like very skeptical about climax because it's his best received movie. And I want to mm-hmm. be like, it's because it's your best movie, motherfucker. It's your best movie yeah. by fucking far. Like technically, yeah. on every fucking level, it's his best movie. But he's like, mm, if the critics like it, that means it's bad. And it's like, <laughs> what a punk rock right? star. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, like I'm saying, like this gives me that same motivation that Ron gives me, where it's like, this is a fucking, this is a movie I could have been on the set of. This is a movie I could be making, like, and yeah. it's still doing well. Like people still enjoy it, and it's like. That to me is insane. That's so cool. You want to you be a part of that accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. I think it was f- like Freddie Wong or something. There's like every filmmaker has like their top three movies. It's like the movies that made you fall in love with making movies, the like the movie that made you want to make movies, and like the movie that if you ever made, it would end your career. Like yeah. that, would, that would be like end game for me. Yeah. Climax hits kind of both of those because it's like if I ever made this movie and it also reminded me why I love movies and then obviously the other two are Requiem and, and Transformers because if I ever made a movie yeah. like Requiem for a Dream I just have to explode. Yeah. I could never make anything ever ever again. Aronofsky even can't. Well, to most. Uh, I Aronof- disagree. <laughs> Aronofsky's been <laughs> ringing that bitch dry for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's got a lot of moisture left. He can ring it Bro, for a while yet. I, dude, I'm hoping the whales just come back, dude. I'm I'm gonna be there opening night, dude. I am too. I I'm maybe not opening night, but I am going specifically to Fake the theater fan. for that. And produced by A24, so it's <gasps> a safe. Oh, production. dude, I wonder if they'll do a fucking live Q and A with him. I bet they will. <gasps> he has nothing better to do. You should fly out. What? You gotta you gotta fly out opening weekend so we can go to the. I can't. I can't. I can't be there. You know. You know what I become. I don't care. I, I don't care. I'll. I'll be like. Pay, you'll run your questions past me first, but you gotta come out because I'm sure it'll. I, do you'll it. have to like bind and gag me to keep me from shouting. That sounds way too kinky. You're gonna have to wheel me in like Hannibal Lecter on the gurney. <laughs> He's just... like, oh, and this strange goth girl came dressed as Sarah Goldfarb in the last four minutes of Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> but they're also wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask for some reason. <laughs> she won't bite, it's just a precaution. Yeah, you just hear me I love you. Um, I can't, you'll have to FaceTime me to, like, create a barrier between. Facts. Oh, okay, going back to Climax. My heart is pounding just thinking about it. Hey, Dutch angles. These are some good fucking Dutch angles. I, I, it was so hard for me to pick up angles in this because it, it very much felt like a dude with a big camera just doing, like, all of this all the time. There's tilt. Like, he's just whipping that thing. No, it's just your arms are moving so much and your head isn't. You look like a gyroscope. <laughs> like IRL. I could be I could be one of those dancers. I can't. I have Meneers. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, it, I could not pay attention to the angles. The only time I paid attention to the angle was when everything went upside down. And I was like, oh, we're upside down now. Love okay, that. this is cool. Every movie, every trippy movie needs a good upside down shot. No, that's that's why I think they're good Dutch angles. Because you don't really notice that they're Dutch angles. I was I was just about to say, I think a good Dutch angle is when you don't yeah, realize it's yeah, a Yeah, you angle. have to, this, these ones, I mean, there's a lot of Dutch tilts. Which is like that's kind of the point is for you to notice them because it's the camera in motion. But there are a lot yeah. of scenes where it just like kind of pans and moves to people. Mm-hmm. And it's on a Dutch angle. 
And uh, that, that kind of goes back to one of the other parts of the lull. The, um, I call it the gallery, the gallery scene, where it's just those like uh, medium wides on like two people from the group and it just cuts between all the conversations and stuff. I always call yeah. it the gallery scene because it's like, uh, I think Gaspar is really awesome, like Fibonacci-esque framing. Like his framing yeah. is perfect. Like and a lot of I the shit that he does. I took a moment to pause when she, I think it's right after she goes to try and consult Tito screaming in the, oh. and she gets to that staircase and it's just the, which first two seconds here to uh, applaud the contortionist dude they had who had to contortion himself for like 40 some for, minutes. Yeah, he's straight. just a statue there basically. He's literally just there popping his arms in, in and out, out of, of socket. And I don't care how trained you are, doing that for 40 minutes cannot be good for you. Yeah. But bravo, sir. But it's her on the stairs. It does have that Fibonacci, like, close-in spiral effect with the stairs. Yep. And then the dude in the center of the Fibonacci just contortioning the hell out. But he's he's still somehow in your peripheral, even though he's the center of the Fibonacci. Yeah. You're still focused on her, but you see him. Just and like I took, I paused on that shot and I was like, "This is absolutely stunning." And there are a few stunning. shots like that too. Even the shot with uh, it's it, the depth of field is way shallower because she's way closer. But like the shot where Psych starts peeing on the floor. Oh yeah, uh, that's another obli obligatory peeing sequence. Uh, re relatively tasteful, I guess. Out of all the people, I think she's having the best time. That that's what I think is so funny. Also, like going like this movie has pretty good payoffs too, and I feel like that's because like when you boil down the plot of it it's such a simple premise of just keeping yeah. track of your characters but like the way it's done is just so artfully thought out and like i mean that's that's like that's gaspar's thing and like that's why i think with a movie like this translating because that's that's the thing with with all of his other movies they're all based on one character they're all borderline yeah. character pieces where this is his first mm -hmm. ensemble and i feel like he's yeah. such a good builder of worlds and like a good builder of vibes like something like this works better for his creative ability than hyper focusing with his relatively shallow mindset yeah. on like humanity one one since we are talking about characters one thing i do want to mention is uh, how did i feel like i wrote it down really well um oh uh, i put what a way to write a kid out without writing a kid out uh there there is a kid in this movie uh, tito the woman tito we've mentioned tito several times there's a kid T tito is like six he's a child he's a child actor he's a good, he's he's a a child, good child actor child dancer huh he's a child dancer he's, he's a child dancer that's probably why he's not a good child actor um he he accidentally drinks the lsd sangria which could buy to your brain sir have fun yeah, well he's fuck. dead but but if he did survive uh you are not gonna be able to graduate elementary school now um but he he takes the lsd and once everybody starts realizing they're tripping uh what they literally do is just lock him in a room which honestly not a bad plan um if everybody's tripping and you now have a child that's tripping i would say put that child in a safe room however yeah. there are no safe rooms in this school so they put him in the most unsafe room they put probably because everybody was tripping and they weren't thinking but then he's just gone he is literally just gone except for some off-screen off-screen screams that happen and I think that's absolutely brilliant to still have the intensity of a child in danger yeah. without having to deal with a child on set, which there's a lot of rules, probably even in France, a lot. about having yeah. a child on set. 
Um, it's very difficult. It's why Orson Welles says, you know, he'll never work with children because you have it, it, children are very protected in Hollywood. They're very difficult he was to like, work with too. They are not. I mean, they're well. kids. They're not built for long ten-hour no. days on set. And especially not able to do a 42-minute long take. Yeah, and they don't understand either. how movies work. So, <laughs> And I, I don't I don't know if Gaspar Noé had, like, a, a punch-up writer on this to, like, fix anything. But if he did it, you know, whoever's decision it was to, like, the kid takes the sangria, lock him in a room. <laughs> Bravo. Absolutely, 100%. I was still scared for that child, but I did not have to deal with him, and neither did anybody else on set. That is that is A-plus production quality, how you take care of that problem. And they and they also added on to it a little cherry on top with that slight little insert, which is also awesomely framed of Emmanuel with Tito, like, in the room trying to tell him to go to sleep. It's like a little yeah. blip right after the first card, like, the title card. But no, I think that's a, yeah, that's a great way. And also, like, that that scene where she loses, when Selva realizes, like, after she goes crazy and she realizes that Tito's locked in the room and, like, she just hears him screaming on the other side of the door, like, that hits you. Like, that's haunting oh, yeah. imagery and, like, like, very, very intense. And even though you haven't seen him in 20 minutes... Yeah, not uh, one. The, the kids produced by that scream were very realistic. I don't know if they like hit him in the studio and was like scream yeah. motherfucker, but it's very. But then the thing that I think drills at home is um, Sophia Batella's reactionary acting to that sound. Um, she has a very believable like I am. I am silent screaming, and yeah. she covers her face because she doesn't want to upset the child anymore. But is very. She does a very good job showing all the emotion with very little sound she, she's very she good she shows shot. so much emotion though she does that whole that she, whole bit yeah. where it's just her kind of like spinning and losing her shit in like the room and stuff and like i don't know between like the framing the lighting all of that stuff like especially because i did watch this movie once while tripping like that whole experience becomes so much more like surreal and intense um yeah. even though it's just her and it's just her kind of like doing her thing um, but the the one thing and it's it's there's so many nuances to that little that little moment she has with Tito through the door where you see her like almost sober up for a second because her like brain remembers there's a child. Yeah, she but can't. She can't. She 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 is remembering there's a child and there's some sort of primal instinct that happens with adults when children are involved, you know, yeah. male, female, non-binary, it doesn't matter when a child's involved, you sort of like take over to protect. It's kind of like hard-coded into all of us. And you see her do that just for a split second and then she's tripping again because she's on so much LSD. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just such a minor little tick that it's just it's so good. I love every part of that scene with her and Tito between the door. Yeah. It's a really good like show don't tell scene. And I think that's that's again why it was cool to to talk somebody through it because I don't really think that you need a lot of the dialogue unless you want to know the exact intent behind sh things. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, you have the whole like toxic masculinity thing with like David and like the black guys who just like start beating the shit out of him and calling him a Nazi. Um, uh, oh yeah, what. What was da was David a perv? Because I was very confused on what his archetype was supposed to be. Yeah, I thought he, he was, was just a dude be... that had a pervy face by accident. No, he was kind of a sleaze ball. Like he kind of fucked oh, okay. everybody, and he wanted to fuck homeboy's sister Gazelle, and he wa mm. and homeboy wants to fuck his own sister, so he turned everybody yeah. against David. Um, so he could fuck his own sister. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of. 
that's the one thing I kind of feel like they they should have gone into. Um, they should have cut the portrait scene by, or yeah, the, the portrait scene by like a few minutes and probably put like a few more people's experience with the LSD because you just see blips. But that's the thing is like, is that why it works? Because you're not seeing everybody's? Because there's the one chick who gets like, for some reason there's a Bunsen burner there. She gets her head set on fire. There's like the one chick who's just like frantically scrubbing herself in the shower. Which I, I misinterpreted that, that Bunsen burner chick the first time I watched this. Remember I texted you like some woman ripped the back of her skull yeah, open? Yeah, and I was like, no, she Apparently- got lit on fire. Yeah, I apparently blinked when her headlights on fire. Because uh, it's, it's literally done. Yeah. It's it happens and then it's gone. Um, so I thought she was tripping so much she ripped her skull open, but no, she does. She burns the back of her head. But to go back to your point about flipping to the other characters, I I think about it on a production level because I can't I can't help but not with a forty two minute long yeah. take. Long takes are hard to choreograph and get everybody on mark on cue on everything for five minutes let alone 42 so i wonder if flipping to each character getting everybody on marketing everybody on set well i'm not even saying doing it during that part though i'm saying like you could have i feel like you could have probably could have worked it in in other situations but again like does that throw off the pacing of the movie i i feel like it could have thrown off the pacing and it's just i i worry about the exhaustion of the cast of then probably having to do it yeah. more times. Because I, I people... want to say even that first 10 minute take, because um, that first take is a, is a one take and then that 42 minute is a one take. And I want to say it was like 15 takes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's nuts to me. So Imagine crazy. having to do a play 15 times over and over and over. I, I can't. It's... I could not. But bravo to everybody. No wonder everybody was so skinny. Everybody. Well, they're all dancers, doing... too. None of these people. Sophia Butello is the only actress. Don't ruin my joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I... They're all dancers. No, I mean, they're, they're all doing long takes for 20 hours a day for multiple days in a row. They're all they holding, have no time they're to They're all eat. holding one position. Yes. No, I think it's cool Cor- that you, you brought up... guy has no cartilage in his shoulders anymore. You brought up the guy uh, doing his, his position, because I kind of feel like in that moment, all of the other characters kind of become set pieces. Like, I feel like that's kind of how I interpret the dancing. Like, the dancing is like the exposition you're not getting, which is weird because you do get exposition from their dialogue. So it's like, pick a lane, Gaspar, but whatever. Uh, but like, uh, like when you're when you're just focusing on one character, especially through the tripping, like I really feel like it's almost like you're going through a haunted house, and there's like moving statues almost. Like the the dancing characters kind of become set pieces because they just don't do anything but kind of fill the space and fill the time. It it, it does. I, I I think I have that written down where it very much becomes horror imagery, especially at the end. Oh yeah. Um, like the final. It it just very much feels like. And this is Gaspar's take on hell. All right. Basically, this is awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you and like for some reason people are covered in like war paint or like tribal markings as well. Yeah. Um, which I don't know when that happened, but whatever it does add. There to was the like aesthetic. a there's like a moment where there's like shit and glitter or something on a table and like two of the guys they're like oh it, it's literally like watching apes discover fire for the first time bro <laughs> it's a little racist it, it's it, it it 
it very much is that. It, but I, I like how the other actors kind of become... Because it, it, it makes it more personal. I feel like if I was viewing so many people um, have crazy experiences, That's fair, it would yeah. be hard to connect. Because, um, you know, if you, if you tell me 50 people's backstory... Um, in like 30 seconds, I'm not going to care. If you tell me like two or three people's backstory yeah. in 10 minute times, I'm going to have more of a connection. You don't even need to get, I don't even really think you get backstory. You just get context and they're just, well, you, it's more of a connection. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel what you're saying though. Like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it, it kind of like trims the fat off of like his more character driven, driven movies and it, and it just hardcore like floors it into experiential and it's like i think that worked out best for him i mean you have all of the the set pieces from all of his other movies you have like a little bit of like the non-chronological aspect from irreversible you have a bunch of trippy visuals and camera movements from enter the void you have like the the super symmetrical wide framing from love and like the black frames between like the cuts that are like kind of like the panels yeah it it's 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 nice. I like I like having just the couple characters that we follow around. It it it's it just makes it better. I I think it makes it better. I mean, let's be honest. Even Requiem suffers with this stuff, where I feel like we have too many. We have like one too many characters in Requiem. Well, I mean, yeah, I, Tyrone just becomes like kind of a placeholder. Like, yeah, he's just there to be we, there. Yeah, where it's like these so characters, yeah, they're all there to be there, but that's kind of the point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's very aware of the story, the qual. It's very aware of like the quality of the story it's telling. Yeah, well, you, you, you have one of my famous quotes from you is if if you stick people with um, characters long enough, they'll learn to like yeah, them. They'll yeah, yeah, eventually. To care. And it's it's. I mean, if you break you know, down Selva, kind of- she's a fucking self-absorbed like yeah. narcissist basically yeah like she's pretty terrible yeah, no, i think the only character that is quote-unquote nice is emmanuel the the mom of tito no no because she no no because even before she gets fucked up she has that line that says that she only she only didn't abort him because he was fucking good at dancing like she says some. how do you know that in the womb well, no <laughs> no well she was like she was oh she wants him to be a dancer oh yeah yeah she like forces him she's like good thing he's a he's a talented dancer so i can just like ride that train good thing i didn't abort him those are like i think those are like direct lines from her no the, the only people daddy. who are like okay are like uh the the, daddy, the pregnant chick cool. uh gazelle daddy. and i don't know better mention omar because he's not on drugs how have you not mentioned daddy as i'm sitting here shouting daddy, daddy is chaotic neutral you can't really, you can't really put Daddy in a place. Daddy just kind of is. I like Daddy. Everyone likes he holds Daddy. The, he holds the little virgin gay boy. I want to know where Daddy got the wig, though. I don't care. It looks <laughs> great on him. He just has a wig halfway through the movie. This is like blonde Goldilocks ass wig. Is and he is feeling that He's wig. He loves that wig. Feeling it. He literally. I think he eats it at one point. Would you like to go into Sasha's technical jerk-offs, or are we too early? Oh, fuck. I love how our review is almost the duration of this entire movie. Yeah, I was about to say, I think we mostly, like, probably covered our technical jerk-offs throughout this thing. I mean, I talked about the one take, the uh, drug simulation haunted house thing. Oh, yeah, I guess, um... Oh, 
no, yeah, we're good on technical jerk-offs. Most of those, I, I, oh, most of those I worked into other conversations. No. Yes. I thought we were going to have a whole segment. Segment. I was thinking of jingles I could play. Where it's like, now it's time for Sasha's. With Sasha. do, 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 do. No, no, I think we're good. I mean, I just, also, I mean, I guess the one thing. This movie is absurdly grainy for being shot with an Aerie Alexa Mini. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Can I know it's the it's the digital camera they shot it on, but like it's known for like having really clear, nice pixels, and yet for some reason this movie looks like it was shot through sandpaper. <laughs> Will the lighting affect it? No, Does I'm sure it maybe? was a gas bar in a way. Technical choice. Green, more grain makes it feel more authentic. You know those fucking directors. I would not be surprised yeah. at all if that's what the thing was, but. This movie does, even in its 4K version, it looks hella grainy for Jesus. how well lit and how nice the camera they shot it on was. Um, I guess I also went into, um, we kind of talked about it. It's a non-conventional like, story structure because it has a 50-minute first act and the rest yeah. of the movie is just third act. You, it is. You can kind of yeah. break it up into two and three, but it's going to be hella weighted on the left side, so... Can we just count the middle credits as the second act? That's basically what I. They're do. long enough. Yeah. I would I would be curious to do this as a sh- social experiment where you cut the movie in half, you show one audience just the first bit, just claim it's a short film, see how it goes, and then you just show people the second bit and claim it's like, you know, but a whole you separate movie. Then you have to pay movie. for their therapy. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be I fine. was fine. If you can do a wide release of Requiem, you can definitely do a wide release of this as a social experiment. Definitely. Like, no. Aronofsky paved the way for films like this. <laughs> do you know what America did for you, Climax? <laughs> do you know what New York has done for cinema? Do you know what a, a taxi driver from Brooklyn did for you? Damn. Oh, can I interrupt the podcast real quick to, inter- uh, to tell you something I found re- really funny? Yes. How fast? Is it going to be fast? It's going to be fast. Uh, I was watching the new Red Letter Media episode, and uh, Mike pronounces Denis Villeneuve as Denis Villeneuve. That's racist. <laughs> Denis <laughs> Villeneuve. Nueve Cuervos. That's that. I was like, oh my god, heaven forbid Sasha watch this episode. Yeah, god damn. Oh, they do an episode on Dune? No, they, they were like, hey, did you see the new... Like, they did their fake oh, out. Gotcha. And they're like, anyway, we're talking about this movie. All right. And he was just like, Denis Villanueve. Villanueve. All right. Anything else no, to talk about? No, I think about? that is that is enough. We almost hit. We don't want to push it to the runtime of the fucking movie? No, because <laughs> no, everybody should be leaving now and going to watch the movie. Yes, you should watch Climax. They're, they're, uh, this is only my second time watching it. I still had a, a, a quite the impact. This, If you want a movie that leaves you with an impact, Climax is one of them. Requiem is the other. This this is gonna the, this was a movie I had to take a drive for after like I was like I gotta leave I gotta go yeah, I can't remember moment. how to talk you had to have a moment. I had a moment it takes some and time it, to it process very much, it, it is it is I and it I love a good anti drug film and even though I do, I know Gaspar Noé is like do drugs drugs are great all his films kind of somehow end up being anti drug films yeah a little bit um just by pure happenstance uh and this one really like put this in there with requiem put this in there with train spotting i feel like if you showed this to people they would be like i am not doing lsd yeah 100 percent. i recommend this to everybody obviously all the time wake up climax yeah i do this instead of masturbate this is my climax hi gary 
Gary, Gary like climax. He watched it the whole time. Thank you everybody for watching new episodes. We haven't what we have not done our ratings. Oh yeah, what's your rating? I'll just <sighs> cut that part out then. I rate this. No, I can't say that. That's too dark. I rate this um uh 45 random unimportant lesbian sex scenes. Out of 49. I give this a billion dead Tito's out of a billion dead Tito's. I was gonna say 45 fried kids on a circuit board. <laughs> but then I said it was too dark and you did no, it anyway. No, Tito's fried! <laughs> Tito! <sighs> anyway, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we had a lovely time. Thank you for putting up with us while we talk about a very wonderful film. New videos. Or, oh, shit. New episodes every week. New episodes every week. Thank you all. You've been a lovely audience. Adios. Good night.